Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eisner Amper's podcast series. We're always interested in the latest trends and developments, as well as any related business and accounting opportunities and challenges. Today is the first in a series of podcasts where we will be exploring the ever-evolving international regulatory landscape for digital assets. We will be discussing how changing regulations will impact various asset classes, exchanges, investors, bankers, issuers, as well as service providers essentially the entire modern ecosystem for financial services. I'm your host, Dara Albright, and we're honored to have with us today Nick Cowan, the CEO of the Gibraltar Stock Exchange Group, also known as GSX. Nick, welcome and thanks for being here. Dara, thanks for having me. Real pleasure. Thank you. Nick, let's dive right in. I understand that Gibraltar will soon be implementing new rules specifically governing token offerings and secondary transactions. Can you give us a sneak peek of what we could expect? Sure. So the I think the timeline is about, I think we're aiming to release something in the next month or two. Um, the government's been talking about and the first release will be the token sale regulations. And these are very much targeted at utility tokens and trying to put some type of framework and consistency around making sure that you know any buyers of a utility token clearly understand you know a what they're buying what the utility aspect of the token is what the technology does who the controllers are behind the company etc uh, etc et which you know the risks are disclosed just to try to give um, token buyers all the information they need to make an informed decision and again i think that'll be one of the probably one of the early uh, again, jurisdictions that have come out with a regulatory framework for, for token sales. And then we're also looking at secondary exchanges, because whereas we have the distributed ledger technology regulations here in Gibraltar already, what they do is they license effectively the operators of the DLT activity. Um, what they don't do is actually regulate the underlying activities of a secondary exchange. They regulate the operators. So the secondary exchange regulations Again, we'll be applying um, a lot of the traditional methods um, to cover things like market abuse, um, washing, all those sorts of um, pump and dump schemes, etc. And again, to try to bring some institutional grade standards and investor protection mechanisms to, um, to secondary exchanges in the crypto world. How does Gibraltar view token offerings? Are they considered a security or are they not? Does it distinguish between utility tokens and security tokens? We've approached it here is, um, we basically said the token sale regulations cover anything that isn't a security. Um, so for example, an, an issue by a body corporate. So if it is a security, you are absolutely 100% captured by securities legislation. So that doesn't change. Um, and um, as a stock exchange, you know, we already have, um, you know, have a framework for um, digital securities in terms of security legislation. So in terms of the utility token approach, yes, we have, unlike the SEC, who have said, look, we believe that every utility token or every ICO is a security, and you have to demonstrate that it isn't a security by filing it anyway with the SEC. And then we'll tell you, whether it's a security or not. The approach here is, look, if it isn't a security, so it has no claim on um, the value of the company, the balance sheet of the company, the equity of the company, um, or is related to a tangible asset that underpins the value, as long as it, is, it, it constitutes access to a service or a network, 
That's a utility token, therefore not a security. And that's what the token sale regs are being designed to capture because, you know, look, securities have been regulated for hundreds of years. And what we don't want to do is to go and overlay additional regulations on something which is, you know, heavily regulated already. So this is to provide a new framework for something that's completely unregulated. That is very interesting. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to following the, the progress in Gibraltar, especially on that. Um, could you also talk a little bit about how all of these regulations, you know, including um, not only the uh, Gibraltar's digital ledger technology regulatory framework that has already been passed, but some of the newer uh, regulations that are coming down the pike that you just discussed, Talk about a little bit about how that that is going to impact the growth of GSX. I and mean, let's get into a little bit about GSX and, and the listing process as well. Um, we, we made a decision as a company um, a couple of years ago that we were going to implement distributed ledger technology as a stock exchange. And that was a strategic decision we made in uh, early 2017. So for us, DLT straight away was absolutely a key driver uh, behind our evolution. And that was very much, you know, coupled or pushed by the fact or strengthened by the fact that we were in a jurisdiction that we knew was coming out with a framework because we've been involved in those discussions. So that was very key to us. So we decided that we weren't going to go down the traditional uh, technology route, going through centralized clearers and all that good stuff. We just said, you know what, we're going to leapfrog that and go straight into being hopefully one of the first DLT stock exchanges in the world. So the decision we made at the time was a strategic one. Uh, we then started to uh, look at all the technology that was out there and we looked at the different protocols and we couldn't find anything uh, at that time. And I think we're still pretty safe in saying that statement today that we, uh, that we could find a protocol that actually was built or could support securities because securities as we discussed earlier, securities have, you know, uh, a huge amount of uh, regulation around them. You know, we have to be able to be able to control transferability and eligibility and KYC and AML and um, compliance, pre and post trade reporting and all those sorts of good things. And to be able to program smart contracts that actually represent either the balance sheet in the case of a debt security or, or uh, voting rights, etc., dividends in the case of an equity. We couldn't find anything that, uh, that could meet those regulatory requirements. So we made the decision that actually two things happened. Number one, we were going to build our own protocol. That was a big decision for us as a company. Um, and, you know, fast forward to where we are today. That's now ready. It's in use. It's deployed. The second decision we made was that actually building a protocol designed specifically for digital securities, but only keeping it for our own use was really dumb because we're a small we're a small jurisdiction, we're a small exchange. So what we have now is a, is a technology company that we've built this protocol. And in fact, what we've been doing is saying to other exchanges and other investment banks and broker dealers and asset managers globally is, look, we if you believe in revenue use cases, if you believe in efficiency use cases, if you believe in accessing global liquidity pools, lowering the cost of capital, helping issuers come to market, then this is what we've this is what we've built. So you can have your own private permissioned chain, which we call Stacks Native. So if you're an exchange in Asia, we'll provide you with this complete um, 
you know, front to back technology solution that is yours. It's yours as an exchange and that operates within your ecosystem with your member firms and you, you carry on. But we also built underpinning that a global ledger called Global Stacks. So the challenge with a lot of exchanges today is they don't interoperate because the centralized clearers don't talk to each other. So our Global Stacks is effective with that centralized clearer. So it means that the Gibraltar Stock Exchange and our member firms can, if we want to, we can trade with a stock exchange in Asia, a stock exchange in Latin America, a stock exchange in Europe, and a stock exchange in North America. We could all be trading together using the global the global stacks ledger. So we very much came at it from a securities perspective first, not let's look at this tech and try to fit a square peg into a round hole. Let's actually design the technology. We have 40 blockchain developers now within our group. Uh, let's let's build the tech with our developers to say, this is what we need. This is what you have to build. Let's make this fit the purpose for securities and go from there. So, so for us, as, as a story exchange, we, you know, we've gone a step further. We've actually incorporated a technology company as part of our group. You know, GSX is a client of that technology company. Um, as also, you know, we hope a number of other institutions will be. And you know, we're currently in, in discussions at different stage of um, negotiations with about 25 institutions globally. So it's, a, it's an amazing time for uh, financial markets, innovation, Obviously, us with our stacks protocol, you know, we can see a, an enormous shift in the way markets work, you know, over the next five years. It's, it's a great time. That's fantastic, Nick. You're not only innovating from a regulatory standpoint, but from a technological one as well. And I think it's going to be really fascinating to watch this unfold and see how it impacts both stock as well as crypto exchanges around the globe. Are you seeing a lot of activity in cryptocurrency funds um, trying to list over there? And what is the process? Uh, how long should they expect? Um, what types of uh, requirements are there for listing in Gibraltar from companies here? Do they need to have boots on the ground there, for example? Yeah, sure. So there's so there's a couple of conversations there. So I think, first of all, just in terms of the funds business, let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk about debt, and then we'll talk about equities at the end. So in terms of funds, we, we're, also, um, we're also the largest fund administration company in Gibraltar. We bought a couple of fund administrators. So that for us is a, is a really fast-growing business. And the reason why is because, number one, um, we, have, we can get banking for crypto funds which is huge because uh, banking is a major challenge for these guys globally. So by coming onto our platform, we can get you banked, et cetera, but then we can also help you get listed. So in terms of the listing process, whether you are a fund seeking, I mean, you can either list traditionally on our exchange, we can do that for you. Uh, and that's what we've been doing for years, or we can list you as a tokenized fund. And that is where we've seen without a doubt the most, aggressive pickup since we announced four weeks ago that we were the first stock exchange in the world to be able to list tokenized funds and tokenized debt. So the fund pipeline is growing rapidly. Um, it's pretty much the same whether you're listing a fund or listing a debt security. Um, we have rules on our website. It tells you what you have to put in your offering document in terms of the disclosures. They're not particularly you know, onerous. Um, you know, who are you? What does the fund do? 
uh, what are the asset classes, etc. Um, and then normally that process um, should take something like six weeks, uh, four to six. Yeah, it's not a particularly long process. So you have um, you appoint what we call a, a nomad or a listing member, and they look after you. Um, if you want to do a tokenized bond offering or a tokenized fund offering, that's where Stacks comes into its own because what we do is we we effectively create the smart contract for you. We do all that for you, or the member firm can, but we can do it here. And that allows you to deploy, you build a smart contract literally in 10 minutes with our technology. It's incredibly idiot-proof, even I can do it. And you just go in uh, into our what's called our Stacks token builder, and you just build your, your fund, your details of your fund. It creates the smart contract, it deploys onto the Stacks protocol, and then you can start to market your securities once you're approved and investors through the member firm can subscribe directly um, and effectively acquire the tokens through the protocol. So it's uh, it's it's a really, really smart piece of tech. So I would say four to six weeks ish. And whether you're a U.S. corporate looking to raise a bond issue um, or a fund manager from the U.S. or from Asia or anywhere, um, it doesn't matter. You know, it's the same. Um, it's the same time frame. With regards to equities, so for companies looking to issue digital stock or tokenized securities later this year, we are aiming to get licensed. All these things are subject to our regulator, um, you know, approving us. But we are in we're in application now, and you know, we hope by September we get the green light to not only list digital equities, digital debt, and digital funds, but also we hope be one of the first trading venues in the world. So that will get flicked on in September, and that means that we can help you. Number one, do your primary issue, issue your STO, and then two, have your securities trade in a secondary market as digital securities. And I think that's going to be that's going to be the big game changer. That's fantastic. And as and speaking of just the uh, secondary um, and trading markets, what are some of the ongoing reporting requirements for the companies to uh, maintain their listing? Like, for example, um, uh, is it you know quarterly? Report? Uh, do they need um, annual audits? What, what What are some of the requirements that um, that is needed in Gibraltar? Yeah, so basically, we are governed pretty much by European legislation, so it's it's all pretty standard stuff. So you've really got two buckets, as we call it. You've got your financial reporting obligations, and you've effectively got your non-financial reporting obligations to make sure the market is kept up to speed. So depending on the type of security that you are. Um, the minimum is um, at least annual, annual audited accounts need to get filed and we publish those audited accounts. Uh, in some instances, it, it can be semi-annual, um, not quarterly, semi-annual because, for, for example, there just could be a requirement under legislation because of the, the, the denomination of the underlying, but financial reporting is a must. And then secondly, what we call is non-financial. So the CEO resigns, you have to tell us. You have to tell that, it's just a corporate action. Um, you know, we report that and we publish that news via a formal statement on our website. But again, you know, if you just if you just go to gsx.gi, you'll find all of the rules there. You just download the rules for listing debt um, on GSX and you'll be able to see what your, we call them continuing obligations. Are once you're public, once you're on the market, and um, you know, gen genuinely, they're extremely straightforward. Nick, this this is terrific, and I, I want to end with one last question, more fun question. 
Um, I, I want to know what do you think is going to be the next big invention that's going to transform mankind? And you could be as creative as you want. It doesn't have to be related to digital assets, crypto, uh, DLT. It, it could be something, you know, way out wacky crazy. So w w what would be your one, the next big invention that will transform mankind? So I think there's, because I, I, I saw this question, which was interesting, I, and I thought, goodness me, I've got absolutely no idea how to answer that. But so there's a there's a, a a a dumb answer and then there's an answer which you know i think could be quite serious so um the dumb answer is i would like to be able to eat and drink what i like and not put on 20 kilos um that would be that would be if i could invent that that would certainly make me happy um and um i think one of the things that we've been we've been sort of looking at with regards to stacks, but I actually think this is important as a as a use of DLT, and that is so. If you think about the the digital fingerprint that we have designed that allows because we have what's called online on chain KYC, and it a part of a stacks protocol is so. For example, if you Dara are a sophisticated investor, a U.S. resident you are eligible to buy the following securities and you might be ineligible to buy these securities. So we can say, okay, we have in an encrypted fingerprint, we know who Dara is and we know what she's allowed to buy. So when you subscribe and try to buy a bond on Stacks, if you're not eligible, then you're, the computer says, no, you're not allowed to buy those securities. And that's the control mechanism that you have to have around securities, which a lot of the public chains don't have. So go a step further. Okay, so right now, if I if I was hit by a bus on the way home this evening, I absolutely categorically can tell you that my wife has no idea what my life insurance policies are. Not because for any reason other than I just it's just one of those things. So what what I think and what we believe is actually could be I don't know if this changes mankind, but certainly if you think about how inefficient that whole process is. If you could embed that into a smart contract, so if something happens to me, everything goes straight to my wife. It's just embedded. And that will allow, I think, if you take that a step further with regards to ongoing information about you, encrypted, so you, you comply with the whole GDPR stuff and everything, but driving through those efficiencies where I think, you know, DLT being immutable and being able to have smart contracts allows allows you to be able to think about those type of eventualities so i think i'm not saying end on a bad note but i just think the use cases for that whether it's you know transfer of ownership of an asset transfer of ownership of for example something um such as you know on, on death or whatever i just think is a really really massive breakthrough because at the moment everything just seems to be too much of a you know a pain in the butt to get a lot of this stuff done and everything just seems to be drawn out and i think that you know I, I believe one of the use cases of a DLT, forget disrupting capital markets, I actually think the ability to build digital fingerprints and be able to in, embed that in a smart contract to allow the human race to focus on other things that they want to do, instead of having to spend you know hours every year focusing on rubbish that should just be automated. So I think that's I think that's something in the next you know five to ten years. I think it will change mankind, but it will certainly change my life because it means I can. I can um, lose the 20 kilos that I referred to earlier. 
I, I, I couldn't agree more. And that, I thank you. That is a terrific answer. And thank you, Nick, for your leadership and setting new precedents for the global market for digital assets. I love what you guys are doing, and I'm really looking forward to um, just watching your, your progress. So I, you know, really excited. And, and again, thank you for joining us. And thank everyone for listening to Eisner Amper's podcast series. Please visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this, as well as a host of other topics. Thanks again.